0: Hey everybody, this is Brian. This happens to be Josh. You have happened to uh, hear this, (laughs) hit hit the record button as we're having this conversation. And this episode probably should be called um, The Weirdness of Being First or The Benefit of Being Second. We'll probably talk about both those things. (laughs) Sure, sure. Launch out onto the loop today as we discuss that today on Curiosity Continuum. This is where I play the awesome theme song, Josh. If I can find the right clip. I think this is the one. Should I try it? Wait for it, people. There you go. It down. Say it again.
1: I go, hey, everybody, this is Josh.
0: And this is Brian.
1: Welcome to the podcast for Curiosity Continuum.
0: Curiosity Continuum is an industry innovating, non traditional company passionate about growing wisdom in the next generation.
1: We are the essential bridge between the analog and digital worlds by building collaborative communities that unleash the power of adaptive expertise and innovation needed to thrive in the 21st
0: century. We combine and mix essential elements needed to empower people to succeed in new ways not possible outside of a creative, thoughtful, diverse community of fellow curious people.
1: Follow us in your favorite podcast app to receive notifications of new content. If you like what you hear and you want to dive deeper, visit us at com. Thanks for
0: tuning in, and let's start the conversation. So we were talking about being first and being second.
1: And yeah, I thought sta- about this.
0: Yeah. Go
1: ahead. No, we both thought about this because we were just talking about it. We said, well, we
0: better record this. (laughs) This is different than why do things right when you can do things twice. This is not what we're talking about, people. Right. It's not government spending. This is, you know. (laughs) (laughs) One of the reasons why you'll hear leadership personalities and other folks say, hey, you know, find the people that are your tribe that you can run with. Jim Rohn was one of these people from that's a very well respected leadership personality from times ago. You know, and he talks about you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So in some of that you're seeking that out. But part of the reason being is that when you are a innovator, an innovator in the space you're in, right? You're going to be the weirdo. And people are going to misunderstand it and not quite get it because it's not been done. And the encouragement is, be weird. I'll let you yeah. moron.
1: Yeah, the weirdo with a beardo is a actually like thing I, I like to be called. But no, I mean, I have always been weird in my life, and when I actually look back at it, it's not really because I'm that strange. It's just because I have different ideas, and so sometimes those ideas though. At least most of the time, they pan out to be something incredible later on. And people will even come up to me and say, hey, that was a great idea. Why didn't you run with that? Now, a lot of times it was because I was like young and I didn't have uh, the capital or, or the experience to understand, you know, where this was. But I think Brian and both Brian and I have had this happen to us. So we're starting to think now in our we're middle aged. We're starting to think, why don't we just run with that? And or at least know, try
0: it, you know. It, it takes a little bit different mindset. So let, let's let's kind of set the frame a little bit. Sure. Josh and I grew up in a small town. And there weren't like very many entrepreneurs like in our immediate sphere. Like we knew of some if they owned the businesses. But honestly, like my parents weren't terribly curious about folks like that. Now, they had their own business. But my dad didn't want to spend money on the marketing and sales, which that's kind of important if you're going to have a business right. sales and marketing to be able to do it what that means though is that the people you're around are kind of reinforcing what's around the right? nor- is, the normal this is why people move away from their hometowns to get a different perspective on their life or to you know explore strange new worlds
1: yeah i mean especially i think brian like if you're from a smaller town because when you're from a smaller town like a lot of the key players know everybody So, like, my family, for example, like, we knew a lot of people in town. We knew a lot of the older people that had been there. We knew a lot of the younger people. But we weren't, like, really in that group. But we were, like, knew that group. And so, like, we could get in front of them if we wanted to. But that wouldn't change our reality any, right? So, I think, like, sometimes you crave, like, I want to be – like, why does a small town person want to go to New York City or L.A.? Because it's something so different from what they're used to. And I think you crave that, like, reset to where you're on an even platform with some people, and then you can work your way, hopefully, into, you know, something better.
0: There is uh, a song called Fast Car by Tracy Chapman, which actually she won the award again, even though it's like a, almost a 30-year-old song. Uh, I forget the artist who did the cover of the song of the country as a country cover. So was that Jelly Roll songwriter. or was that
1: somebody else? Is, who is it? Was it Jelly Roll? Or...
0: Uh, no, it was uh, a Zach, I think, or somebody. Um, Josh is looking up as I, as I talk about this. She was the first black songwriter to win like, country song of the year because of the remake of it, which I think is kind of right. cool. But in that song, you know, she says, you got a fast car, and the whole thing is about going to a city where you've never been and trying to make a new life. Right, and it doesn't make you turn out the way you want it to, and you said, Hey, you could get in the fast car and keep on driving. People crave that adventure. Some people aren't curious about it and they're not wrong, but you have to understand that not everybody's willing to just be where they've been. I think when you get into middle age, you start to consider those things differently because you are now looking at the point of no return, meaning you can't can't go back to childhood. You definitely can't relive your early adulthood. You are now faced with where you are in your life and have to go forward. And honestly, if you're a creative person, you should become more creative over your life. We have a friend named Jeff. Brilliant branding personality. Yeah, uh, for real. He does many different creative things. He is. will give you his information in the thing if you want to be able to get a hold of this guy. And he's helped us in Curiosity Continuum. Um, and he's... He's he's approaching his, he's in his late fifties. He is more creative than he's ever been. Now, if you look at it, you go like, well, how would you know what's going on if you're this old? It's It's because he has stoked those creative engines again and again consistently.
1: And yeah, he's actually plugged in, like, I would say more than I am like to the youth of today. And I think it's more that his own ambition, like he just wants to be there. And so, you know, he's listening to music, he's doing the stuff that not everyone wants to do every day, but he just does it. And so, yeah, he's on the journey. You're right. And like when, when, like when we talk to him, he's just there. So I would trust him with a lot of things.
0: And I think the thing that happens is that people say that's outdated. And are you, what we should be careful of is like, are you calling the person outdated? Or are or you calling con- the idea out The there? concept, which, yeah. Which goes back to our first idea is like, if you're going to do something new, you may not be understood. That's kind of the thing of innovation. Now, there also is, here's the idea, and I'm just going to tweak it. And you're not maybe the first. So this is where we talked about, you know, here comes the second person. Bill Gates is a great example of this. He was not the inventor of the personal computer. He stole it really well, and he has become one of the richest men in the world.
1: Yeah. I mean, Xerox, the company Xerox, yes, the company that made a printer, a copier, had all these people working for them. They invented networking. They invented basically the personal computer. They also invented the mouse interaction. And Xerox was like, nah, we don't want any of that. And so all these people quit this company and started their own companies. They became, like, founder of Apple, founder of Microsoft, founder of, you know, 3Com, which is this networking thing. I mean, they, like, literally gave us the technology we have today.
0: So one of the things you kind of have to think about is, like, where you are in position related to an idea. Are you the innovator? Are you the second person to the idea there's value in both you have a chance to kind of be in a different position uh depending on where you are in your life and things right and i think it's important that you understand where you're best because honestly there's not a lot of um like innovator creator people that you want running a company after they've innovated it no (laughs) it's just death to them and in the same way you don't want somebody who will just run that ball down the field as hard as they possibly can to be the person who's going to take that tangential and now for something completely different. Everybody has a purpose, and everybody can bring value to those type of things, whether there's economic engines or not. But it's important that you understand that in these ideas, you have good ideas. I just need to say that again. You have good ideas. They don't have to be plentiful but you have good ideas that somebody else can benefit from.
1: Right. And I like to say that too, that your good idea might not be correct at this time. And so you also might not have the right person you're telling it to. It doesn't mean that it's a bad idea and that it's never going to happen. It just might mean it doesn't happen now. And so I think that, I, I we will see this again and again, like even like Stephen King, you know, he wrote a novel under a pseudonym, Richard Bachman years before and tried to get it published. It was rejected. He threw it away 10 years. It sat in a, a desk. He took it out 10 years later, submitted it again, and it was accepted. And that became the running man, you know? So like, if you think about those types of things, sometimes it's not, It's not a bad idea. It's just a not right now idea. And that is like 90%. I I really feel 90% of ideas are timing. If you are not at the right time, and we see this again and again and again, if you're not at the right time, people are not willing to accept it. With that, it's also
0: important to know what it would take to be ready. Mm-hmm. So there's a good phrase that uh, I've had older, wiser men say to me over time, you know, you're kind of ready in season and you're ready out of season. And even though I'm not a sports guy, I think about what you do in the off season to get ready for the season. Those things make you ready because you don't know necessarily when the season or the opportunity will present itself. So even though it's not for now and, You should ask yourself, am I ready for the opportunity when it comes?
1: Right. And um, I think that's an awesome place to leave it. And I want to ask that to the people again. Are you ready? And if not, when will you be ready? Until
0: next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum. Thank you.